All right. So continuing our series of Metro Division crossovers with our fellow Locked On hosts, we are thrilled to welcome Hunter Hodes from Locked On Penguins to see what the pens are looking like this season. Thanks for joining us, Hunter. Yeah. Thank you for having me, both of you. Uh, this is, I think, the only second time we've, there's been a Locked On Flyers Penguins crossover in the three years that I've been doing this, but it's definitely well overdue. So I'm glad to be here with you all. Yeah. Right. Love the friendly rivalry that our teams have. Uh, well, it's so, not like we're on the ice. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. How did you feel about the Pens off season this year? And do you think, you know, along with the core that's been there, this team is poised to make another run? Yeah. I mean, I was mostly okay with the off season. It was definitely a bit sketchy at first just because it looked like Evgeny Malkin was not going to be coming back. Um, some a little bit dicey with the crystal tank negotiations too, but um, they, were, they were able to get both of them back, which was, I think the right call. You're not going to find any better value than those two players at their respective positions on the free agent or the trade market. Um, Brian Rust also came back. Ricard Raquel came back and then they really went to work on their defense. It was something that I didn't think they were going to do too much, but it was evident, at least to me, that the management didn't like that they were kind of pushed around in that Rangers series and some of the mistakes that some of the defensemen made. They were kind of like, okay, we kind of want to make some changes there. And I think right now, if you look at the D compared to last year, um, I, I personally think it's a better unit um, with Jeff Petrie and Ty Smith coming in. Petrie has the potential to um, play just the way he did under Marty St. Louis when he was almost a point per game player after that really rough start to the season. A um, couple of the depth moves I wasn't really too big a fan of, like signing Josh Archibald on day one of free agency and losing Evan Rodriguez for cheap, even though you know he, he was a really solid player these last couple of years for this team. And I think that absence is going to be really felt um, this season. He, but, you know, he was one guy the, that I really thought the Flyers should go after. <laughs> He, he's an all-around good player. You can stick him at center, stick him at wing, almost any line, basically. Maybe not your first line, but you can probably get away with him on your second, third third line especially. Um, he can chip in 15, 20 goals for you. Maybe he'll be inconsistent at times, but um, he was always a player that I really liked the Penguins having, um, and it's unfortunate that he got away for just a couple of million. I think that the Penguins were a bit more wiser with their money this summer, like not giving Kasperi Kapanen a two-year deal worth $3.2 million. <laughs> Uh, I think they probably would have been able to fit him in. But, you know, when I look at this team overall right now and I look at the other teams in the Metro, um, I don't see a way this team finishes outside the top three or especially the top four unless they just really have a terrible season with injuries or some of their core uh, players just aren't the same anymore. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to make a run. It would be obviously great if they can make one more long run um, with this core, but um, I think they'll be good enough to especially get in the playoffs and maybe win a round, if not two, before they're probably eliminated in the conference final or seem like a final. Yeah, I think top three could be a struggle for them. Four, I think they, they can get. Um, it'll be interesting to see where that lies. Um, I was in Pittsburgh for a couple of weeks ago, so I saw a lot of camp, and um, I liked what I saw in camp. Actually, um, I was watching some skating drills, and – Basically, the Penguins were doing camp a lot different than the Flyers. While the Flyers were trying to exhaust their guys to get them in better shape, the Penguins were going with more um, power skating and edge work and and really like game skating kind of stuff. And 
I felt like that was a good good idea. Now I was getting to see Owen Pickering, but he was in like the non-contact jersey because um, you know he was still had some sort of injury. But I did like what I saw out of, out of the Penguins. I didn't think they were as hungry as last year. Last year I did predict them to make the playoffs because I saw a hunger. But I do feel like they're working on some things that uh, maybe you know a team like the Flyers didn't work on. And and I think I think their camp was pretty good and practical. I don't know what the vibe was that you got from it. Yeah, I think for camp, you know, they're kind of just going through the motions a little bit right now. I, I some people were freaking out. It was funny. They got blown out by the Red Wings. Like, I think it was like their C, C minus team or something like that. And people were, you know, making all these points about the power play and, you know, like, why, why are they losing to a bunch of kids? And it's just like, you know, they're looking like they just went to a party and got drunk the night before. I mean, they're, they're not really taking these um, preseason games that seriously. And honestly, the Penguins, they kind of just glide during camp and preseason and honestly to start the regular seasons too. Um, they really don't hit their stride until December, January, when the games I think start to get more serious for them, um, especially February, March too. Um, I think they know that, you know, they're kind of trying to preserve their legs for a bit later in the season so that they have them uh, when those games get more important. Um, but from a pure camp perspective, you know, I, I haven't been up there to watch it just because I've been down in Virginia, um, I have liked what I've seen from someone like Drake Kajula, even though he got sent down. I think Drew O'Connor should be in this team's top 12. Um, I know he got sent down too. Um, the big question is still what they're going to do with their defense, just because they have nine right now. I know Frank Cerebelli just reported that um, Ron Hextall has kind of offered him to basically any team that wants him, but you know that's standard GM stuff because he's putting feelers out there. That gives me the indication that Ty Smith is going to make the team um, some people are a little up in arms about that, but you know, I, I think don't know why. Was, I mean, Ty Smith's a good, good defenseman. Yeah. I mean, I know he had a rough year in New Jersey, but it's also the devils and it's Lindy Ruff. Yeah. Um, it's Lindy Ruff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just kind of had the same thing with Mike Matheson. He was really struggling in Florida. He comes over to Pittsburgh and then puts it all together, has the best season in his career. I know he got traded, but I think that's what the penguins are looking for with him. They're going to like, just put him in the video room, show him his mistakes babysit him on the bottom pairing with someone like Jan Ruta, who they brought in. I really like that signing too. And they'll try to see if he can get back to the way he used to play. And then I think their biggest hope is that he turns into a top four defenseman at some point. He could. Uh, what's the prevailing opinion on the Mike Sullivan contract extension? You know, the team is kind of reaching close to the end of the core and his term could be part of a rebuild. And is he the guy that can kind of transition from the current core to a new team? I think he could, um, you know, some people were a little surprised by it at the time, but you know, when you have, I think at least the top three coach in the league, um, you want to keep him for usually as long as you can. And trust me, you know, I, I know these jobs are, it's they're usually very short term. You don't usually have a coach stay from 2015 when I was way smaller than I am now to now when I'm, you know, I'm going to be 25 next month. So um, he's the second longest tenured coach in the league. And, you know, there's a reason for that. You know, he's great at his job. Tactic, I mean, a masterful tactician, I think is my way to describe it. And you know, the fact that Crosby likes some helps. If he didn't, then that might be a different story too. Yeah, and you know, and some of the other coaching changes that they've made throughout the Crosby Malkin era, you know, Michelle Terrian, Dan Bilesma, Mike Johnston, they've kind of just tuned them out. 
at times. And, and usually you can notice it. You know, the team just kind of stops playing hard. Um, it just looks really weird at times, but not for myself. You know, the team looked kind of dead in the water going to the playoffs last year. All of a sudden they flipped the switch and you know, they're playing really well against the Rangers. I know it went south just because of the goaltending and stuff. But the year before, though, weren't you a little worried the year before? There were talks that maybe Sullivan could be on the outs that year before. I was a little bit just because I don't think he should be anywhere close to being fired. He's not the reason why this team has had a few first-run exits in a row. I think he's just been a, the byproduct of really bad goaltending. And it's funny, you know, that this team's won three Stanley Cups in the Sid Gino era. But for as many times as they've gotten good goaltending – They've also gotten really bad goaltending probably more often than that, which again, which is just crazy to think about um, with that. So um, I'm glad he wasn't canned, especially after the Islander series. I'm glad he was not canned after this one. Um, at the end of the day, what it comes down to for me is that you're not going to get anyone better than him um, that's on the open market. And I do think um, if he's still here, you know, once Sid gets creeps up to 40, which is crazy to think about too, and Gino and Latang, if he's still here by then, I do think he can be that coach that ushers in a new era of Penguins hockey. Obviously, they're not going to be like that perennial Stanley Cup contender, but, you know, I think, he, I think he'll have them really competing hard on a nightly well, basis. Well, depends if they tank again. They're good at tanking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that's very true too. <laughs> Hey everyone, hope you are enjoying today's episode with Rachel and Russ of Locked On Flyers. Before we get back to that, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here is why I love it. First off, their app is awesome. You know, I'm able to control the system from my phone with the app, watching the crystal clear HD live stream of the security cameras around my home. Trust me, it is freaking awesome. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're even if you're not home or can't they reach customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl you can save 20 percent on your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free again that's visit simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl to learn more there is no safe like simply safe so um you talked about the defense and how um Pierre Olivier Joseph has been offered to everybody. It's kind of weird because he was a, um, you know, a decent prospect. I think there were some guys that went overboard on him, but he was always very thin and always had to put on weight. And you know, I felt like his skating was good enough. What what just didn't, in your estimation, get good enough about him to be able to be on this team? Because it's hard for me to believe that Daniel Friedman can actually be better. That Friedman could be better than him. It's funny, you know, I, I know Mark Friedman does Mark take Friedman, a lot yeah. of crap. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. it is funny, but he's played well in the times that he has been in the lineup. You know, I didn't even know who he was when Hextall made that first move. That was the thing. Oh, so, we know who he is. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden he just comes in. I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty serviceable number seven, number eight defenseman who's fine offensively, can move the puck defensively responsible can play on both sides only yeah, plays against he, the flyers 
it is funny when he plays the Flyers. They seem to just hate him. I don't know if he just went out with someone's wife for a drink one night and they didn't like it. I don't know, but it's, that's always been funny um, to just, whenever they play the Flyers, they just always take runs at him. But I think with POJ, um, I was high on him at the start, but he just hasn't proven to be an effective NHL player yet. He's come up here at times. It's been okay, but he hasn't really blown you away. You know, he came into this year, new contract, one way, um, it had to be now or never for him. You're battling Ty Smith, Chad Weedle, Mark Friedman. And so far, you know, he just hasn't, you know, done enough yet. You know, I feel like he has limited offense right now. He's weak physically, hasn't really learned to use his speed and length to defend as well as I thought he would. And I think that's why you're seeing him right now be a bit down on the depth chart and why you're seeing someone like Ty Smith, who I think has had a better camp than him, the favorite to win that final left-handed spot to play with Jan Rutu because going in, I think that was one of the biggest roster battles who was going to get that spot POJ or, or Ty Smith, or maybe even Mark Freeman because Ruedel, he's going to be a number seven behind Jan Ruta. Poor Chad, by the way, plays a great season last year and then just has to go back to the bench. Yeah. Um, but he just hasn't panned out the way I thought he was. And I think that's the main reason why you're seeing him in trade talks right now. If they can't trade him, they're probably going to try to stick him on waivers. Have to, they'll have to hope that he's not claimed. Um, because if he's not, he'll just go down to Wilkesbury and then they have the depth. But I, I think at least maybe one team could take a flyer on him if they don't want to give up like a draft pick or something like that. Yeah, I can see. I can see. I'm going to follow up with one more prospect question. And um, so Sam Poulin, this looks like it could be his year. I see that Carter's banged up. Um, you know, Carter is getting older and he is going to miss games. There's no question about that. And I kind of wonder if he is going to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, Russ. You know, I was. Very surprised when I saw the cuts yesterday and he was still there. Um, I definitely think the Penguins coaching staff and the management, um, they think he's had a good camp. Um, they, you know, he's moved to center. He's usually been a wing throughout his career. Um, and I think tonight he's going to be in the lineup because Redeem Zahorna got claimed. So the roster goes down to 27 now, but it's basically 25 with a couple of AHL guys hurt. Yeah. Um, so he's one of probably one of the final two cuts that could be made, but they want to see how he does in varsity action. You know, he's someone who, played well in the second half of last season with Wilkesbury. Um, I think was one of the leading goal scorers, if I recall correctly. And he had something like 17 goals. It was it was a good year. Yeah. I mean it was a lot better, especially coming into the year. There were a lot of questions about him because you know he was always, you know, put out there as oh he's the top penguins prospect and all this stuff, but he really hasn't really hasn't been doing a lot to show that. But he's made a lot of strides over this past year. And you know, I'm excited to watch him tonight, that's for sure. I don't know if it's gonna be enough to make the team but he's definitely in the consideration, which is a lot more than I thought he would be at this time, to be honest with you. Were you disappointed to see Redeem Zorna get picked up on waivers? A little bit. I, I think some fans were a little overreactive about it. Um, I think, you know, people, you know, they, they kind of just overvalue um, fourth liners. And, you know, he's kind of just like that perfect 14th or 15th forward um, or something like that. Someone who, you know, he, coming into this year was maybe going to have a shot at making the roster. But just when you look at the overall forward depth right now, I don't, I, I just didn't see a way he was going to be an every night player. Obviously, a tall guy, long reach, good offensive instincts. You know, I think when he was on the ice, I think he's played 230 minutes at 5v5 hockey. I, I saw the stat here if I can um, find it real quick. 
Um, Penguins outscored opponents 20 to three out um, controlled almost 60% of the expected goals rate. Um, Very small sample size, but still really good underlying metrics. Um, You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really bother me too much. I'm, I'm only really upset just because that means someone like Josh Archibald is getting a free pass to be on the roster. And no, I was someone who wasn't really, High on that move, especially. Don't you feel like that's a Berkey guy, though. I feel like that's a you know, like, hey, I want Archibald, and Hextall's like, fine, we'll get him, and I I just feel like that's a Berkey guy. Basically, yeah, you know, it was. I was never a fan of that deal, especially from a hockey perspective, because it was signed on the first day of free agency, and it's like there are so many other good players out there, especially that are on PTOs now, and I'm like, that's the guy you're going after on day one. Just a weird talent evaluation, I think, from the front office. But overall, Rachel, yeah, I'm not really too concerned about it. Um, definitely a little annoyed, I guess, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, we're talking depth players here. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't get too crazy. Um, I, I'm a big Ryan Paling fan. I've followed him, you know, all throughout his career, college and everything. And he's had some, you know, injuries, concussions and things like that. Um, he's still in camp. It looks like he may have a spot on this team. And I'm wondering if he's going to be the next guy that Sullivan gets a big year out of. I'm curious about that too. You know, I'm not, I know he's been on some bad Montreal teams, obviously had a hat trick in his first game. Um, I'm not super sold on him just yet. I I, I would love to be wrong. Obviously I bait crow on plenty of moves throughout the last few years, especially the Cody CC one. I didn't like that. And then he goes out and earns himself a nice payday. Listen, Mike Matheson played okay for the Penguins and that was a miracle. So he played very well those last two years. I was very surprised by you know the level of hockey that he played, especially this past year when I think he had his best season of his career. Yeah. Um, with Paling, I think they see him as someone who can play on the third and fourth line. Um, right now, I, I kind of have him penciled in as that fourth line um, left winger, maybe with Bluger um, and McGinn. I think their third line, they would probably want to run out something like Kynan, Carter, and Kapanen. Um, I just well, to be I, honest, if he's healthy, I'll, I'll tell you, Paling's got a higher offensive upside than than Heinen. But that's only when he's healthy and he's right. You know, Heinen's been in the league longer, so I get it. That's high. That's high praise, rest, especially since Heinen had almost twenty goals last year. So. I know it was a big year for him, but I'm telling you, Paling's a talent. But we'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really intrigued about him. I didn't really know too much about him when they got him um, in the Petrie trade. Um, I've just I've looked at his metrics, and I'm just kind of like. Mm, you know, is there more there? Like, can Sullivan really unlock him? You know, they're definitely taking a chance on it just because, you know, he didn't, you know, his time in Montreal was just not that good. It's, I think I've read that he was considered almost a reach when he was picked a few years ago. Um, but, you know, maybe he surprises, scores 10 to 15 goals on the fourth line um, and, you know, is able to help, you know, offset the loss of someone like Evan Rodriguez, um, who, again, I think the Penguins are still really feeling that right now. Yeah, the one thing I'd follow up on is I don't – whoever said he was a reach, he definitely wasn't a reach. I mean, you know, he – in high school, he scored 20 goals in 25 games. Like, mm-hmm. he was a good goal scorer in high school and in college. You know, 14 goals with St. Cloud in 36 games. He he was effective, but he just has had injuries. And and I think when he gets on track, like even if you look in Laval, uh, he had 25 points in 28 games. He would get on track. He would look good even at the NHL level, and then he'd get hurt. I think that's really been the bugaboo for him. That's just my feeling. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, again, I'd love, I'd love to be wrong about him, especially because, you know, they got him in the trade. They obviously see something there if they wanted to acquire him. Um, not going to get many minutes, which is fine. I mean, the fourth line plays 12-13 at night. 
But, yeah. you know, he's playing with good players on that line. You know, McGinn had double-digit goals last year. Teddy Bluger, one of the better defensive four-fine centers um, in the NHL. He'll have oh, his I like Bluger. I've liked him since college. He's he's just a fun player. He's He does everything. Yeah, I, I really like having him as the four-fine center. Um, you know, he's someone that, you know, can kill penalties, um, win face-offs, chip in offensively, though I would like to see him do that a little bit more. But, you know, if he and Paling could potentially have – um, you know, former, you know, just a, a good partnership this year. Um, I think the fourth line, you know, could be a, a strength of this team, even though coming into this year, I still, I kind of saw it as a bit of a weakness after the trade. So over the past number of years, I think the pens have had a reputation for having a stellar top six. And then the bottom six are names that nobody's ever heard of. And people that don't believe are actual hockey players, but uh, you know, or part of Wilkes-Barre Scranton or something like that because of injuries. Uh, I know we talked about Jeff Carter being hurt, but how are you feeling going into this season in terms of actually having a stable bottom six? It's definitely still a weakness, I think, for me. Last season, I was a lot more comfortable just because Heinen was down there, Rodriguez, you know, Carter was still producing, even though his metrics were going down a little bit. Um, Bluger, McGinn, all those guys. You know, this year, you know, you take away Rodriguez, and, you know, that's basically 20 goals that they really haven't fully replaced, and you're adding in Archibald, you're adding in Paling. I, I think it's a bit weaker, at least in my opinion, from the last couple of years. I think the last two years, they have one of the better bottom sixes um in the league um but right now i still think they're a forward at least one forward short in the bottom six i would like to see them add a little more goal scoring to it just because you know you you need to be able to score when the big guns are not nice you know that's that was a strength of the penguins when they won the back-to-back cups you know and it was all it was a weakness of theirs you know before then when they weren't winning because all, all their offense would come from the big guns and then when the bottom six would come on in like 2013 2014 2015 they would just get caved in and the puck would basically never leave the defensive zone they ended up making those changes brought in players who could actually play hockey and score in the bottom six and then you know we all saw the result um and it's been that way the last couple of years i'm hoping it continues this year but you know i think if it's not working out the way they intended it to you know, towards the trade deadline, I definitely think Hextall is going to go out there and try to get another forward. He wasn't afraid of doing it last year when he went out and got Raquel. He kind of went um, against his his usual judgment and traded some high draft picks and some prospects and stuff for a win now team. But I do think if everything is not going to plan, um, he will go out there and, and try to beef up their scoring. So my my last question for you is: if Tristan Jarry is not an All Star. Is their season sunk? <laughs> that's, that's I, like, a good... I like Jerry, but it just seems like they don't have anything else going for them in that, and it's like almost like do or die. Yeah, I mean K- Casey DeSmith, you know, he's it's up and down for him on mm-hmm. uh, from an on ice perspective, at yeah. least. Um, I, I know about all the other stuff. Believe me. Um, you know, he had a really bad first half last year, rebounded in the second half, got hurt in the playoffs second straight year. It's it's a bit it's very risky, obviously, to bring back the same tandem three years in a row. They could have went out there, gotten him a veteran backup. They decided not to. Um, and they're gonna have to live with their live with this if it goes badly. But for Jari, um, I think if he plays the way he did last year, even honestly a little bit less, they should be fine. I think he has um at least right now a swagger to his game that you know, I just really haven't seen much before. He was looking like a goalie last year that was trying to, 
you know, really re or, you know, write a redemption story after what happened against the Islanders. Um, I, I've always said about for this team, if they can just get usually average goaltending, they should be fine. You know, you have the playmakers to put the puck into the back of the net. The defense is usually solid. It seems like everybody says that every year, but nobody's confident in saying that. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great point too. Um, <laughs> but I think for this team, especially with the talent they have both on the back end and up top, if you can get average goaltending and your goalies can stay healthy, you are fine. You know, Jari, for what he did last year, was top 10 in goal saved above expected basically all year. Finished with, I think, like 9-22, 9-23 save percentage, something around those lines. Uh, he was very good. And if he has a season like that again this year, he's probably going to make a lot of money on his next contract, whether that's from Pittsburgh or it's from somewhere else. But they do need him to be good. Um, if he's below average, which, again, it's a very – goaltending is very volatile. Um, you can't ever predict what's going to happen with it just because it's so random. Um, then I do think this team will be – a lot more trouble um, than some, including myself, you know, would think. Yeah, I think the Pens are going to be a huge part of a playoff race down the stretch because uh, the top of the division is by no means certain it's it's going to be an interesting year in the Metro, at least at that end of things. I think we kind of know a little bit more about where the Flyers are, will end up than the Pens, but uh hunter thank you so much for joining us uh, we really appreciate it where can people find you yeah so you can if you are flyers fan and you want to follow a penguins podcaster on social media <laughs> and stuff um you can follow me on twitter at hunter hodes the show's twitter is at lo underscore penguins you can follow you can find the show wherever um you listen to your podcast apple spotify you can also watch it on youtube um and all that stuff and of course we have episodes out Monday through Friday, the season is 10 days away, at least for the Penguins, and it can't get here soon enough because if I have to keep talking about training camp with all these roster battles, I think I'm going to collapse at some point. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Thanks, Hunter. Yep. Thank you.